Yo, welcome to the Meet and Three Leadership Podcast. If it's your first time to the table, welcome, welcome. Glad that you decided to join us. Pull up a seat, grab a plate, make yourself at home. Hope you brought your appetite because you know how we do it in the Carolinas. We eat good around here. The investment is doable and the portions are generous. So if you leave hungry, that's on you. Episode 21, 21. I am just over the moon and just thankful just with uh, the amount of uh, response and feedback that I've gotten and continue to get on these podcasts. Man, y'all just don't even know. Like, I'm thankful to be able to do this, to be able to share these stories with people um, who are just making um, the most of their opportunities, making the most of their passions um, and just wanting to just share their stories because I think that at the end of the day, whether you consider yourself a leader um, or you are somebody who is still trying to figure out what you want to do, we all have gifts, we all have talents, we all have passions. And I think that there is an opportunity to utilize your passion in a way to influence and impact others in the same way you yourself has been influenced and impacted. And this this episode's guest uh is no exception to that rule. Uh, Andrew Manheimer is somebody who I've recently gotten a chance to know. And man, when I tell you the the depth of our uh, connection um, has been continued to grow, I'm really excited to just maintain a good uh, relationship with that guy. He's got a great story of um, what he's been doing, how he's kind of gotten here. And um, yeah, it's just how God's using him. And just, you know, he is he's somebody who is definitely an out of the box thinker, as you'll see in this episode. So by all means, lock in, know that he's got something great to share. So without much further ado, please welcome to the table, Andrew Manheimer. Andrew, welcome to the podcast, brother. How you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? Doing very good. Very good. Glad that uh, glad that I could make this work. We could make our schedules work and, you know, be able to connect. We've connected now twice prior to this so um, obviously the opening question should be very easy for you I've kind of teed it up uh, off air and told you but as is customary on the meet and three podcast do you remember the first time we met I do remember the first time we met loose change Mm -hmm. downtown Clemson but actually now that I'm thinking about it yep did we meet at New Spring? We probably, probably did. It was quick, though. It yeah. was Palmer was there, yep. and it was probably a quick meeting. But I think officially, mm-hmm. Loose Change, That's Blair what, was there. That was the first official meeting, but I think probably one of the coolest things that I remembered about the, the first meeting uh-huh. with you was um, Blair, mutual mutual friend of ours, had, had talked you up, and you know, it kind of been like, <laughs> man... I can't wait for you to meet Andrew. I can't wait for you to meet Andrew. And I'm like, all right, you know, I'm sure he's a great guy and all this. And then we start talking and then somehow the topic of music came up. Right. And then you you said something or you said where you were from. And then I started looking. I'm like, I've heard your music before. Before Blair even told me, like, I've heard your music before. And then I literally did the... uh, the chorus of like Tallahassee, I was like, yeah. I was like, wait, that's you, that's me, and it was like, yep. so that I was like, yo, that's crazy. So, yep. um, so then we had obviously another mutual friend, Bane. Right. So, and that came through uh, Dean and Sarah. 
Uh-huh. Uh, so that's why I was like, oh man, okay, so yeah, this is this is legit. And yeah, we yeah. we literally did like that that first time we met, we were talking and just connecting. You would have thought like we've known each other for yeah. years. Oh yeah. So then, you know, fast forward to the second meeting, we're at pause, pause. and you know, talking about music and think among the conversations, top five dead or alive yes. artists, um, just music industry as a whole and I mean, I don't know if Pauls was actually closing or whatnot, but we literally were sitting in the parking mm-hmm. lot just going back and forth with bars. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that, was, that, was, that was awesome. That so was great. Definitely yeah. we're, we, need to, we need to get together and uh, do another meal and probably yes. another uh, just music, rap, talk, yes. This time session. it's on me. The, okay. the food is All right. you, you were okay. very gracious to well, pick it up. I appreciate you it. You know that. That's yeah. last time, but okay. uh, all right. <laughs> next time it's on me. All right. So, well, hey, yeah, just for... just don't go like Rick Irwin. No, nah, I ain't gonna do that. I ain't gonna do that <laughs> you know, to you. Pause. Like, Rick Irwin. I mean, you know, they're, yeah. they're, they're equal. They're equal to staples. <laughs> right. Uh, but as uh, you know, so that's you know a little bit of story of how we met. For anybody who's never met you, how would yes. you introduce yourself? So uh, Andrew Manheimer. Um, I teach sociology. I'm a lecturer in sociology. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been at Clemson since 2016. Mm-hmm. Grad school at Florida State, undergrad at Auburn University, but I grew up in Tallahassee, Tallahassee. as you know. <laughs> yeah. 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 I got you. Cool. So, well, I guess, you know, where I wanted to start initially is, you know, where you currently are, you know, obviously being a professor, being in college, academics, and education, and whatnot, like, at what point did that come on your radar as something that you wanted to do? Um, I would say I've always enjoyed school. Okay. You said both of your parents teach. Both my parents yeah, teach, so I always, definitely can understand. Right. I just, I, I've liked school. I think, mm-hmm. I, I don't remember really, you know, kindergarten was okay, first grade, <laughs> you know. It was, but once we got sure. to about second grade, sure. I remember thinking, like, I may want to teach here. Yeah. We were learning cursive, mm-hmm. you know. And and then when I got to third grade, I was like, no, this is where it's at. Yeah. And then I remember getting into middle school, and I was like, wait, this teacher just teaches one subject. So you can be really good at history. Yeah. And, you, you know, yeah. you can just focus on this. And then uh, in high school... Um, I thought that I might be maybe a history teacher and a cross country coach because yeah. I ran as well. Gotcha. Um, and then when I got to cop, like every time sure. I moved through yeah. the, the process of just education, mm-hmm. I really uh, liked the new atmosphere, the new mm-hmm. style of learning. Um, and then I really liked my sociology class um, that I took at Auburn, uh, Dr. Gunlock. Um, he taught an intro class. I did pretty well in the class, and I decided to minor in sociology. Mm-hmm. I majored in political science, so I've liked I liked social sciences, um, which I think you're introduced to more in college. Mm-hmm. I wish there were more social sciences in middle school and yeah. in high school. Um, and then I was kind of questioning whether or not I would go to grad school for political science mm-hmm. or sociology. Sociology was more broad. You could still study politics, but mm-hmm. you can also study other different social institutions sure. like education, media. You can look at the criminal justice system. Mm-hmm. So I think um, the the possibilities that came with sociology, yeah. um, that made me want to pursue 
sociology. And then I went to grad school at Florida State. They have a great program, but it didn't hurt as well that I grew up in Tallahassee. Sure. There was not an adjustment. Yeah. And um, in the, the class that I was in, I had you know people from from Georgia, I think Oregon, and they were just learning about mm-hmm. Tallahassee. But mm-hmm. for me, you know, I could just go home, yeah. get some laundry done, and, you know, everything <laughs> yeah. was good to go. Yeah. I gotcha. That's so, cool. so um, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. What, I guess, you know, being in education, what were some of the things that you liked about it, but also because I would say, you know, you, you've kind of gotten a little bit of notoriety in kind of how you... you merge a little Mm -hmm. bit of your other skill set into how you teach and you know how you connect and whatnot I guess what are what were some of the um, areas that you saw opportunities to take risks take opportunities try new things right you know what were some of those Um, I would say that I was always uh, I was interested in topics that I thought were very important Mm-hmm. but weren't always incorporated into the classroom and okay. people as well. Sure. So I remember in high school, um, I remember doing a project on Kanye West mm-hmm. and that was kind of seen as, you know, uh, outside of the box. Yeah. But I'm at the time, I think Kanye had probably just either dropped dropout or late registration. Mm-hmm. It was around that time. And I'm like, you know, this is somebody who has international appeal, mm-hmm. right? A lot of people are talking about him. He's controversial. Yeah. Um, so why not? You know. So I think that I was always interested in uh, bringing in different artists, different ideas into the classroom, mm-hmm. which still had educational value. Sure. But uh, traditionally, people might have excluded, mm-hmm. you know, uh, those ideas and those people. But what's interesting to me too. Is that, and I think my mom probably um, influenced this a lot as well because she's uh, she studied um, art education, mm. right? She teaches dance, but also we would grow up and we would go to museums and mm. we would learn of artists like uh, Van Gogh, mm-hmm. and then she would talk about how when he was alive, he wasn't really appreciated, mm. you know. Yeah. And now Van Gogh, I think if you take, you know, I'm not an expert in you know art sure. programs, right? But you're probably going to come across Van Gogh's work. Yeah. Um, and, and you see that with a lot of other artists. You see that with other genres as mm-hmm. well, rock and roll, jazz, right? Mm-hmm. Things that were not mainstream until later on. Right. And so I, I think I was interested in kind of um, speeding up our appreciation <laughs> for art forms. Sure. You know. So if, if students come to me and they want to look at a certain topic or bring in uh, different scholars or different artists, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to have a classroom that welcomes that, yeah. you know, because uh, in, chances are in a few decades, they're going to be the same people mm-hmm. that we ignored today. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll say we, sure. the, the academy is ignoring, sure. um, but society is starting to appreciate. So I, I kind of want to speed up that process. Mm-hmm. So I think overall that's part of my teaching philosophy mm-hmm. is not to neglect things. Um, Michael Eric Dyson, are mm-hmm. you familiar? He was actually on uh, First Take. Okay. Like I think yesterday. You, I think we were yeah. talking about it uh, yeah. when we were at pause. Right. Professor of sociology at Georgetown. Mm-hmm. And I always appreciated his public voice. He's someone who will go on First Take, The View, I think Undisputed. Mm-hmm. He was on BET over a decade ago. And I remember watching him, but the way that he would compare like, um, du Bois with Snoop Dogg, mm-hmm. right? Uh, 
I always thought was um, it was just it was interesting. He's engaging. He's mm-hmm. entertaining. Yeah. He's he's educating people at the same time. Yeah. So um, that's definitely someone who inspired me. You know. Yeah. And he he has a book coming out. It's going to be you know something that I'm going to try to pick up for Christmas. Uh, a book on Jay Z. But mm. he's written on hip hop. He's written on Martin Luther King yeah. Jr. Um, he's written on civil rights issues. But the way that he just brings everything together and kind of breaks those barriers—that's mm-hmm. also a big influence yeah. of me. Yeah, definitely, definitely good to hear. You know, some of the influences that have shaped you kind of along the way. Um, as you know, as a teacher, professor, per- person in education, just—and I think this is the case with anybody. Period, but also especially anybody as a leader, I think one of the things, you know, with it being a leadership podcast, I always love to tell people, you know, leaders are lifelong learners, you know what yes. I'm saying? And I think one of the things that I think even in our initial uh, conversations that I've appreciated about you, that you mm-hmm. definitely embody that, like, lifelong learning. And it, it definitely, like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like you learn so that you can share it's not even necessarily like hey i'm teaching but it's just i'm just sharing right as i'm learning and it's just yeah. you know and, and you're even more op- more so opening to listening to other people's perspective and not always you know like hey there there has been a way that things have been done but you know that doesn't mean that that's how we have to do it yeah what um what would you say kind of you know has given you the courage to make those steps so it's one thing to have the influence of like all these people who are doing, you know, different things, you know, differently. But like, it, it takes a it takes a, a, a sense of courage to say I'm not going to do it like everybody else has done it. Like, where did that sure. courage come from? Uh, I think the courage might come from just genuine curiosity. Yeah. Right. There are a lot of things that I don't know. You know. Mm-hmm. And so with that, and, and there's uh, there have been. Um, issues that I've learned and my stances on those issues have evolved and changed, you know? And so I'm always open to different perspectives, Mm -hmm. right? Um, And I I think the courage just comes from curiosity. I think it would... Courageous isn't the word, but it would be to me more bold to get up there and just say, I know all of this, all of this information I am completely certain about, you know? Mm. And so I think that's why I'm in, uh, that's why I said I, I appreciate social science, right? Sure. Because um, we ask questions mm-hmm. and I think great research, it'll give you answers, but what else does it lead to? More, More questions, questions, you know? Yeah, you're right. So that's just kind of how I approach a lot of things in life, right? That's good. Um, I'm just, I'm, I'm interested. I think sometimes that might frustrate certain people because sure. I, I'm willing to have conversations yeah. with with people from all sides of different issues because, mm-hmm. and, and the courage, I think, just comes from the, the curiosity. Mm-hmm. And I think that there is, um, like, I truly am curious. I'm, mm-hmm. This isn't something that I'm just, uh, you know, stating or trying to convey, sure. right? I really am uh, interested because... While I think you have to have, you definitely have to have your principles, mm-hmm. you know, but um, when it comes to uh, issues in education, issues in politics, right, mm-hmm. um, in culture, you know, there are a lot of different ways that people uh, approach them mm-hmm. and they come to different conclusions and I'm interested in all of those different conclusions. That's cool. So I, th- I think, again, I'll, I'll say, not to be redundant, but the no, courage okay. may come from sure. genuine curiosity. Okay. Yeah. Nice. Um, so slightly shifting gears a little right. bit, um, talking about being curious, but also, you know, talking about art and music, you know, you have 
this background yeah. in music, um, you know, in writing, rapping. Um, I don't want to shortchange you if you have <laughs> other things uh, within music, but I guess kind of where did that start? And then how has that kind of grown over the years or given you platforms, you know, alongside education, uh, outside of education, sure. whatever, you know, like where where is kind of that passion as well kind of been developed? Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so um, I was born in 87. Mm-hmm. And so I remember listening to there were these CDs, Jock Jams mm-hmm. that came out and um, there was rock, pop, hip hop mm-hmm. kind of sprinkled throughout. Sure. Like, this is like big stadium music. Yep. And so I was into sports and I would honestly, I would just throw the ball up to myself, catch it and pretend I was returning mm-hmm. kickoffs and punts. With the jock jams playing, gotcha. you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, You're not alone in that, by Yeah, way, a lot of people yeah, were doing like, that, probably. Yeah. So um, I think music and sports were kind of attached. Oh, yeah. And I realized were. it was the uh, the hip-hop songs that mm-hmm. were the best, especially for motivation. I don't sure. think that there's really any other genre <laughs> that does a better job for motivating, yeah. you know, you to, to excel, whether mm-hmm. it's in academics, whether it's in... Uh, Sports. Not not yeah. not everybody agrees with that, but the sure. way that I hear it, mm-hmm. it definitely does. Um, and so uh, I had a, a, I had friends in in middle school and high school, and just growing up, kind of in the late nineties or really the early two thousands, we were listening to Outkast, Jay Z, Nas, Kanye West. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, my favorite rapper is Common. <laughs> Um, nice. Yeah, I just love common. Um, <laughs> and then uh, started. I started writing lyrics really early, but I mean it was just trash early on, right? <laughs> I mean, you know, hey. probably like twelve, thirteen. Man. I was just on the bus doing stuff. And then um, I met people who would sing, would rap, would uh, make beats as well. Sure. And then so we kind of, a lot of friendships were formed oh, yeah. through that. You mm-hmm. know, it was like you would go over to someone's house and you would write songs or you would record. Yeah. And so we spent a lot of time doing that, yeah. you know. Um, and then when I got to college, I continued. I put out, I guess you could say, my first album. Mm-hmm. I, I put stuff out early on in high school and we just, it was amazing. I tell people this now, they'd never believe it. I would sell CDs for $5 hey man, a pop. You to get the hustle, man. No, but people would buy a CD for $5. You know, yeah. nowadays, I can't yeah. imagine if people, you know, the, you yeah, know, yeah. like mainstream artists, right? Yeah. They're like, oh, I'll just stream this off Spotify. But we yep. would sell them. Um, and then uh, when I got into when I got into college, though, we put out one that was recorded a bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title was Audacity. There was a song on it called Auburn Boys. Performed at pep rallies, there things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still I remember one of my last presentations uh, when before I had graduated Auburn. It was on like uh, women and hip hop and mm-hmm. sexism and hip hop and mm-hmm. things of that nature. Um, and so. I, I still I continued to incorporate hip hop into certain um, academic projects, right? Yeah. And then when I went to graduate school, I um, started working with Lisa Munson. I was her teaching assistant. I was in an intro class, and um, we just decided to uh, explain the theoretical perspectives by using hip hop culture 
the theoretical perspectives of sociology, mm-hmm. right? And um, during that demonstration, I rapped, and the students, you know, they yeah. just they loved it, right? Sure. And I and I said, you know, we just started talking. We said this could be a class sociology mm-hmm. of hip hop culture, right? Yeah. And so we started teaching that in 2012, mm. and then um, for my dissertation, uh, I my master's is actually on religion and mental health, okay. right? And my comp- you have to take comprehensive exams, and those were on health and aging. Okay, and it might have been just I, I you take your comprehensive exams. I might have just been kind of like over that topic for I mean sure. important topic, but yes. I was exhausted, sure, you know. Sure. And so I remember I was having such a good time teaching that. Uh, co-teaching the class sociology of hip-hop with Mm -hmm. lisa munson that um i said i want my dissertation to be education in hip-hop so my dissertation was teachers views and uses of hip-hop culture Mm. so i interviewed teachers um and just wanted to see what they thought of hip-hop uh and if they incorporated it into uh, Mm -hmm. their teaching right um and i continued to perform what was really what was a lot of fun was we would have uh, guest speakers come into the classes or they would Skype in. But if yeah. we could get them to come in, sometimes uh, they would be on panels later. Yeah. Uh, and then they perform as well. Nice. And so I made sure that I was on the bill too and opening yeah. for him. Uh, D1 from New Orleans. Yeah. You're familiar with him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he came very nice, uh, to, very kind to come and, and speak to the students, but also perform. That's cool. And so those were some of my favorite shows, yeah. you know, opening for D1, that's who's cool. one of my favorite rappers. Yeah. yeah. That's really yeah. cool. That's does awesome. that answer the question? That yeah, de- yeah. definitely does. It yeah. definitely does. Yeah. I think, you know, definitely, I'm always intrigued, you know, by people who can combine passions because you know mm-hmm. i think you know i have a lot of you know people who i'm connected with whether they be uh college students young adults you know just out of college and still kind of trying to figure out yes. what they want to do and i right. think being able to see people that it's like hey i love education and hip hop, yes, and I don't have to choose. Right, I can find a way to find a merging point. And yes. whereas, you know, conventionally most people would think there is an emerging right. point. You know, it's not really something that's in schools that's already within systems or whatnot. But that doesn't mean that there isn't an opportunity to yeah. do that. So that's why I definitely was curious to hear your perspective on that i'm i'm curious yeah. you know just just very briefly what were kind of some of the findings of that study of education in hip-hop well so uh we did find that it could be an effective uh use in the classroom but some of the notable findings were that it wasn't always um there were times when uh teachers for example there was one teacher who would um have students uh try to develop their own raps. And this was a science class, and he had uh, words like hypothesis, methodology, mm-hmm. which which you know, sure. you know, that's... that's uh, those are some difficult words. Yeah, difficult <laughs> words for high... And, you know, he, in the interviews, like, not all of the students rap. This is a high-minority school, right? Yeah. So people can make these problematic assumptions, sure. you know, which I was always... When um, I got into the literature researching... Yeah. Um, as I was uh, kind of writing up the dissertation and even before going out into the field, you get excited with this hip-hop based education and all of that literature, but there's also literature that's saying, hold on, right? This mm-hmm. is not you know, some magic bullet that's gonna solve all of yeah. uh, the issues, right? Mm-hmm. And it can be done in a way that is seen as inauthentic, even disrespectful, sure. you know? Um, so 
I, there were a few. I did interviews of teachers. I didn't actually see them mm-hmm. in the classroom, but some had had mentioned uh, where their successes were not, where they didn't have you know great success. But there were others that I think. Uh, they were usually younger, and they listened to hip hop. They grew up mm-hmm. listening to hip hop as well, and they could recognize connections. And right. sometimes it was more um, spontaneous, right? Sure. A student might be wearing a shirt, and so they could bring that in, uh, you know, yeah. a Tupac shirt or mm-hmm. something, and then they could make a comparison to right. um, something in history, historical mm-hmm. event with Tupac lyrics, right? Which yeah. you certainly can. So um, there was just kind of a, a variety of success, right? Mm-hmm. And then some, w- which I thought were notable uh, teaching practices that were not as successful, mm-hmm. you know. So last last little thing, at least yes. this time around, because you know, obviously we could be here for <laughs> right. hours. We've already established, yeah. um, but at least for this time around, you know, you being around, like I said, college students who many of whom are still trying to figure out. Right. what they want to do you know as somebody who um you know as explored culture you know has found ways to um you know merge points and find yes. different things like that what would be your advice to somebody who is trying to figure out i guess direction and or you know purpose um they have these passions they have these giftings but may not see an avenue what kind of advice would you or could you give them i would say um get experience um where you can Mm -hmm. you know and kind of test the waters a little bit because certainly i I, you know i i hear students sometimes and just people just friends right they'll be like oh i want to do this you know it's like okay well maybe you know do if you can find an internship or Mm -hmm. if you can find um you know a part-time job or you can do a little bit of research there because um I think that it that's so important to get kind of that firsthand experience to really see what you want to do and then take what you like about right. uh, you know certain experiences as well mm-hmm. right um, you know I did I, I did an internship one summer it was um, was working on Capitol Hill actually and so there were certain things I liked about politics and other things I didn't like so mm-hmm. much right um, I would also say uh, one of the best experiences that I had was emailing professors um, and meeting with them, you know, and mm-hmm. just talking about, you know, the, the, the path that they took, what they like about their job and what mm-hmm. they don't, right? And I think that um, through that, you can kind of uh, see different paths, but also use that as um, kind of collecting data, you mm-hmm. know, one person's path may not fit yours. That's good. Yeah. But you definitely want to see, you want to get a variety of, mm-hmm. of different paths that people have been on, you know? Sure. So I would say get get experiences um, and then just sit down with people, you oh, know? Man, yeah. I, I, from a lot of different uh, areas as well. That's what I did. That's what I did when I was uh, deciding what my major was going to be in undergrad. That's what I did when I was deciding which grad school program. And mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, students, they'll say, I wanted to do this. And then I, you know, set up this meeting and I sat mm-hmm. down with someone. I was getting bad vibes and this is not what I want to do. I'm like, well, that was still successful because now you kind of know, yep. you know, that's not what you want to do. Very I true. would also say don't be afraid to make changes, mm-hmm. you know, certainly. Um, there, uh, there's no problem with that, yeah. you know. Um, be flexible, be open, just keep your eyes open 
and um, and build relationships too. Relationships are key, yeah. you know, um, and just value people because you never know. You That's know, you fair. never know who has a certain connection, right? right. Oh yeah. Um, so just you know, treating everybody with respect, I think is is that might just seem basic, but you'd be surprised, still, man. Just you know, still mentioning that. You know, oh, yeah. some people, you know, they're rude to someone. It's like, yeah, that was your job opportunity mm-hmm. there. You, you know, think, that's walking you away. Think, exactly. Yeah. You think, oh well, I'm never going to be in this field, <laughs> no. but exactly like you said, right? You know, you don't know who knows who. So yeah, man, Andrew, I really yeah. appreciate it. I appreciate it. Good. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. Most definitely. That about wraps it up for this week's episode of the Meet and Three Leadership Podcast. Big thanks to Andrew, man. God, I'm so thankful for him. And just, you know, what y'all tend to miss sometimes is, you know, we have about a 20, 25 minute conversation on air, but we probably get another 25, maybe 30 at least minute conversation off air as well. And just, I'm so thankful for him and just, uh, one, God bringing him to Clemson and just being able to build that community here, um, but also just the way he thinks, the way he uh, processes things, the way he um, views the world and asks questions. And he's just somebody who, who is um, definitely going to spur you on to be great in your field, to, to ask questions, to, to um, transcend the status quo. Uh, just love that brother and just thankful for him. So glad to be able to share uh, his insight, his story, a little bit of it. Um, I, I know that there is going to be a lot of feedback from this episode, and um, there's there's going to be a lot to come from it as well. Uh, stay tuned for that, um, just for some of the things that we talked about even off air. But uh, this particular episode uh, is over. Hope you have a great one. Enjoy your day, and I will talk to you soon. Take care and God bless.